Welcome to No Judgments Here, your weekly dose of music news, tour reviews, album reviews. All kinds of reviews. Other reviews, all kinds of reviews, and whatever else we want to talk about. Hey, I'm Mike. That's Will. How you doing? Hey, hey, hey. Doing great. Doing great, man. I'm missing a concert at the Amp tonight. One Republic. <laughs> Excuse me. One Republican need to breathe. They're in town tomorrow. The Hellstorm and the Pretty Reckless are in town. So I'm missing two concerts. Kind of disappointing. But other than that, doing super. Are you really missing One Republic? I guess not. Last night was Wiz Khalifa and uh, I. My uh, Doug's going to kill me for not saying his name correctly. But Wiz Khalifa. Khalifa. And Logic were in town. Oh, okay. It's a big week at the end. Big week. Big week. Are you not going to the Hailstorm Pretty Reckless show? No, I'm seeing them both in, what's the what's the countdown, 47 days, 46 days? It was 47 days some other time ago. Some other day? Well, I mean, we're, we're probably at 45 days. Uh, 22, yeah, 22. 45 days. Carry the 40, 43 days, 14 hours, and 22 minutes, officially. Nice. Hailstorm. Hailstorm's a louder than life? Exactly. Every time we talk about a band, we end up finding out that they're actually on the louder than life lineup. So, yes, they are on the louder than life lineup. I believe they're playing Friday. Nope. They're playing Thursday night, bringing me the Rising Nine Inch Nails, Evanescence, and Hailstorm. Well, we found out today, you know who's not playing at louder than life? Uh, Are you talking about Architects? Yes. Yes. I did see that they were removed from the lineup. They canceled the North American tour, and unfortunately, it doesn't look like they're being replaced. So there was no mention of such. Yeah. So, well, who knows? We got forty-three days for them to figure it out. Yeah, I don't. I, all I need them to do is say Mudvayne. That's all I need them to do. Is say Mudvayne. Speaking of Mudvayne, we'll talk about it. Let's go. Let's get into you know, it. Do you know? Who went and saw Rob Zombie and Mudbane on Saturday night? Yeah. This dude, right there. Me. Uh, yes, West Fair Amphitheater, Council Bluffs, outside of Council Bluffs, Iowa, um, in what seemed to be 150-degree temperatures. Um, it was very, very hot. Very, very slight breeze. It was, it was almost Rocklahoma unbearable. That's how hot it was. It's unfortunate. It's not what you yeah. want. So we got there uh, about, it was about 5.45. We skipped the two opening bands. I can't remember who they were. Uh, I think in Through the Fire, maybe, uh, was one of them. Yeah. Um, because we knew it was super hot and we didn't want to sit through that kind of noise. Um, we got there. It was a pretty decent-sized crowd. Um, I sent you a video. I don't know if you ever got it. I did. Of, of the crowd itself. Um, started off with some Power Man 5000, a brief six, seven song set. Um, maybe it was on stage for 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. Um, they did, you know, When Worlds Collide and uh, Bombshell, which were their two big hits back in the day. They weren't bad. You know, it's kind of what you expected from, you know, a, a B-list band. Um, after that, Static X came on. With their uh, the new lead singer Zero is that his name? Zero, Zero X or something like that. What's his? What's his? He was he was from the band Dope, right? Trip Idol. Yeah. So he uh, they came on a 
very energetic set was awesome um, mostly stuff off of Wisconsin Death Trip um, sounds just like him I mean does a really really good job um, they did pay tribute to Wayne Static through one of their songs Cold um, said this was for him um, again another short set I mean both those bands were off stage by 6.30 so it was quick um, next was Mudvayne Mudvayne delivered um, very excited the crowd was pretty pumped up by that time um, most of the songs were off of LD50 I mean it was pretty heavy on that um, I think they did Not Falling and Dollboy might have been the only two songs off of there, but I'd have to check here. Um, I will say this. Uh, Chad Gray mm. is not the Chad Gray of 2008. Yeah. He, he, he struggles a little bit with the uh, with the lyrics. Uh, one of their guitarists has to help him out on quite a bit of the songs. Um, just even singing just, you know, the regular verses. He, he uh, can't really do it, but we got Dig. This is that list. Dig, Under My Skin, Negative One, Severed, Death Blooms, Internal Primates Forever, Determined, Not Falling, Nothing to Gain, Dullboy, World So Cold, and Happy. We got seven songs off the of LD50, two off the of Lost and Found, two of the End of All Things to Come, and one off the New Game. Yeah, so, uh, seven songs off of LD50 is awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was great. I mean, it was a lot of energy. It was awesome. Uh, you know, he did a lot of talking about, you know, he didn't want people sitting down. If, we, if he wasn't going to be able to perform from his uh, rocking chair, then he didn't want to see anybody sitting down out in the crowd. So, um, it, it was a good set. I mean, it's kind of what you expect to see from Mudvayne in, in 2022, I guess. Maybe a couple more hits. I mean, they didn't do, uh, I forget to remember. But uh, I wasn't I wasn't complaining. Uh, Rob Zombie, do we even really need to talk about him? And and you know at this point, he it's it's the same show every time. We stayed for about five songs. That was enough for both me and Kane and and my nephew ended up coming along with us. Um, that was enough. We said let's go. We heard Living Dead Girl and then uh, what they do after that. Super more beast. human than human. More human than yeah. human. That was. Super Beast was the second song in the set. So we heard that. And then More Human Than Human and Living Dead Girl. And at that point, we were just like, eh. It was boring. The crowd was starting to thin out. There was quite a few people leaving during Rob Zombie's set. Still a crap ton of people. Still a, a lot of drunks that don't know how to drink in the heat. Of course, we are in, we were in Iowa. Yeah. That's to be expected. Um walking around yeah one guy had a, a seizure right next to us pretty sure it was from the alcohol because he was pretty drunk beforehand so he Thanks. seized up and then refused medical attention so but it was uh it was a good show as well worth the money um which would have been a little bit cooler that's about it sure yeah i've had um <clears throat> i've had some opportunities to go to that west fair amphitheater but i never went when i lived there um, I think I talked about the fact uh, I had tickets to probably the last time Mudvayne was there. Mudvayne, Static X as well, uh, and Corn were playing there, probably for River Riot uh, or Rockfest, whatever it was called back then in 2009, uh, somewhere around that time. And I didn't go. We had a fancy football draft that same day, um, and I 
got drunk at the draft, so didn't go to Council Bluffs to see them. Uh, I, I was impressed by the crowd. It was certainly looked big. It's good to see. I'm not as surprised that a lot of people are leaving after Mudvayne. Uh, people have had dozens of chances to see Rob Zombie over the last decade or so, and uh, a lot of people are probably seeing Mudvayne for the very first time. So, yeah, they're a they're a pseudo headliner basically for this tour. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, point, not, I, think... I should correct myself. It's Edsel Dope, not Trip Edsel. Trip Edsel is a combo of Trip Eisen, I think, from the old Static X days, and Edsel Dope. But his name is Edsel Dope. I, I I knew his last name was Dope, but I couldn't remember. I mean, I thought maybe you were just going off of his legal government name or something. <laughs> I don't. I who Edsel Dope's not his legal name. Anybody, somebody's got the last name of Dope. I mean, that's pretty yeah. dope. That'd, that'd be pretty dope, wouldn't it? Pretty His dope. name is Brian Eberhardt. Eberhardt. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I can see why I changed it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that's that review in a nutshell. Um, I can't, like I said, can't complain. It was a good show. Um, made for a very long day, very hot. I didn't make the drive back that night, but... Still, I was pretty wore out the next day as we were supposed to record that night, and I think I passed out at like yeah. 8.45, 8.30. So, it could be just a sign of me getting old. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't think Doug has released uh, our new Off the Rails, but we were supposed to record Saturday, Saturday night, and I had a fantasy draft on Friday night, and uh, I did the exact same thing you did. I... Uh, <laughs> I gave him the okay, ready to record, and then within 15 minutes, I was sound asleep. That's right. Well, one thing I did realize from you know being out there and outdoors, and and I think that was yeah, that was my first outdoor concert of 2022. Um, I'm not in festival shape. Yeah. So, I've Probably. got I've got one more outdoor concert um, before then. Hopefully this one goes off a little bit better, but I may have to get into some some circuit training, some cardio. Um, I may have to sit there in locked in my car in 120 degree heat. Don't do that. To, just to prepare do myself. Not, do not encourage such a thing. Now the good thing is in late September in Louisville, I am expecting the temperature to be about 20 degrees cooler than what it was in Omaha this past weekend. But I agree with you. I'm definitely not in festival shape. I've tried to get in festival shape, but like all efforts, it's it's failed. Um, well, yeah, we got approximately seven weeks to do our best to get there. Right. Um, but it's been, it's been my biggest concern is three old dudes who are not in the best shape in the world uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to get through four days of festivals, 11 what? hours a day. How What's nice about it is, though, is that we will not be having to brave the elements overnight, and yeah, we'll be sleeping in bits. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be good. We'll, we'll take it. I think I'm, I'm more worried about the drive there taking the energy out of me. So, <laughs> whatever it is, what yeah. it is. Yeah, get there early enough Wednesday to where we can hang out for like two hours and then all go to sleep at like six p.m. <laughs> my, my plan is to leave here like at four in the morning. So, mm. well, that's rough. we'll see. Things change. I may just say screw it at the last minute and buy a plane ticket. 
Probably not at this point. I imagine the prices are, are not real pretty out there. Oh, I don't know. I haven't checked, but no, I'm going to end up driving. So. Right on. So, you don't have any concert reviews because you haven't been to no. one? I haven't been to one. What is your next show coming up? Is it Louder Than Life? Um, currently, no. Uh, my next concert is Pearl Jam the week before in Louisville. Oh, yes. 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 I, how did I forget about that? Yeah. About the, the one. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still flirting with the idea of seeing Mudbang next Saturday in Dallas. It's mostly unlikely. I would say like 5% chance of it happening. But I'm definitely you're, keeping You're saying off. there's still a chance. There's still a chance. It's a right. Saturday night in Dallas. They're not playing it a lot of them live, which is really disappointing. It's the only opportunity I have to see them. Right. So. Well, I think you owe it to yourself to make it happen. So. Well, I agree with that, but we'll see what happens. So I have the Lumineers <laughs> on the 16th. That's going That's way going outside my wheelhouse. It's a week from today. Yes. Way outside my wheelhouse. This is, uh, you know, the makeup concert from the Royal Blood fiasco. And then uh, Alice in Chains four days later. So, kind of a lot of back and forth trips to Omaha in the next couple of weeks. Sounds like the Alice in Chains tour starts tomorrow. Yes. So I'm excited to see what those set lists look like. Me too, because I'm... Cause... 89.7 has Alice in Chains as the headliner. Yeah. But I think when this was initially announced, it was a co-headlining tour. So it could be the... I mean, I think it's it's billed as a co-headlining tour. I mean, it's... I just, so, I I mean, just don't... I just don't know if I, I... I don't like the idea of Breaking Benjamin going on after Alice in Chains. I don't think that they are... A bigger band than Alice in Chains in 2022. It's tough. I'd say it's pretty close. Breaking Benjamin does a lot more arena amphitheaters uh, shows than Alice in Chains does. Of course, Breaking Benjamin always is on a co-headlining bill. Like Avengers Sevenfold, like Five Finger Death Punch, like Disturbed, yeah. like Slipknot, like, I mean, whoever they can get with, they're, they're on a co-headlining tour with. And Alice in Chains really hasn't done that route. Um, they're usually the, uh, you know, they, they did that weird show that you went to, I think, right? Bullet yeah. for Valentine and Hailstorm, which was a weird trio. I mean, this is kind of a weird trio as well, but. Yeah, they played the Pinewood Bowl, and then uh, they did just a few other small club shows. I mean, the Armory was, is not that big of a place up in Minneapolis. Yeah, I mean they're mostly a club theater band. I mean that's that's the uh, that's, that's the size of venues they do. You know, it's been a, it's been a long time since they did that tour with Velvet Revolver. Uh, um, and I, I mean, just kind of think about it. I can't really think of too many co-headlining bands. They they don't open for for bands. I can't yeah. think of a lot of joint tours that they've done over the years. So this one's right. kind of unique and some chain style. And well, not supporting we'll it's just a random summer tour. Yeah, and, and it's going to be great. I mean, you know, Bush and, and Breaking Benjamin. Um, pretty excited to see Bush for some reason. I don't know why, 
Not that I was a huge fan of them, you know, in the 90s or anything like that. I mean, 16 Stone is a good album, but right. I can't say I know a whole lot of Bush outside of that. So I would expect this to be a completely night, like, I mean, they're going to get like 45 minutes. Um, I would expect this to be 90% 16 Stone. Yeah. Maybe a one or two songs off their upcoming album that's being released here in a few months. Right on. So, yeah, that's what's coming up. Good times. Um, so, I guess now we should probably talk about this documentary. Why don't you uh, fill, us in, fill us in on what this documentary was, was about? Yeah, so uh, Netflix has released a three-part series on Woodstock 99. Uh, it's called Trainwreck now. It was called Clusterfuck, I think. Shit's wrong. Really? I think Clusterfuck. That was the original term. So when it came out as train wreck, I was a little, I didn't know what I was about to get into because I, I was expecting something completely different with the title. So at some point they changed the title to something more PG related. Um, and it was awesome. I loved it. I love every moment of it. They, uh, it's a three part series. So they separated it by each day. It's Friday's part one, Saturday's part two, Sunday's part three. And it's really interesting the way they do it because you just see the deterioration of the lineup. <laughs> hour by hour uh friday everybody's having a grand old time everything's going pretty smoothly but you just see it falling apart start breaking down yeah yeah this insanity and i think uh the creators of this show did a better job the hbo doc is also really good uh, but i think the creators of this show really did a better job of really letting everybody understand that this was all of the fault of greed uh, from the promoters of the Woodstock. Um, John Shine, I believe his name is. That sure. could be incorrect. John Shine. Um, sure, thank you. And Michael Lang, uh, they you know they did some old footage. John Sure was, this was all about profit. Um, Woodstock 94, they were really proud of Woodstock 94, but they did not make any money off of Woodstock 94. So they went in with a completely different mindset uh, for what they needed to do. And it talked about how they hired outside forces to come in and make it as simple as possible, including all the concessions. Um, and they didn't have enough concessions for everybody. They didn't take care of the sewage, which was huge, obviously. So yeah. uh, the uh, the fans had no water and sewage by the end of day one. Um, and it they, they just did a really good job. Um, the only I would say, this wasn't really a focus on the music, which was unfortunate, yeah. you know? There was music mixed in, but a lot of it was a, of the clusterfuck, uh, yeah. which was the or now it's a train wreck, and that it, a lot of it was focused on the train wreck. And uh, you know, I, I chatted with um, the guy I went with, Wardlaw, uh, while we're while I was watching it. And you know, I'd, I would love to see a documentary that's focused on the music. There, that will probably never happen because there were some outstanding performances that weekend, um, and you just don't get to really get that focus. But the the great part on Friday was them talking about how massive and how amazing that crowd for corn was. Yes. And I'll, I'll never forget that. I mean, I was inside that crowd. I was inside that beast for about three songs before I, I thought I was going to be murdered, be killed uh, yeah. due to that wave of people. And it's every time I see the opening notes of blind and then them kick in and the crowd, the waves of people, I mean, yeah. I just, I get, I get goosebumps every time I watch it. Well, I imagine so. You know, we were sitting here watching that, and, um, 
you know, I was like, well, you know, Will was there. And for some reason, I don't know how Kathy couldn't remember that. And she was like totally flabbergasted. She's like, did he witness all this stuff going on? You know, like the crowd for corn and all the, all the women walking around with basically no clothes on, um, guys walking around with no clothes on. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm sure he did. We never really discussed it too much, but you know, I don't see how you could avoid it. You would see it all. I guess on the grounds there, you were there for all three nights, right? Yeah, we actually got there. They're, they never talk about Thursday. Thursday was when the, when the gates opened up. So okay. we were there Thursday through Sunday night. Okay. And so I guess, did it feel like it looked? Did it? Was it a war zone pretty much Sunday night? Uh, it was a war zone Sunday morning. Um, when we were walking, we were, you know, we were walking the ground Sunday morning, um, and there were people already tearing up camps, like okay. rummaging and ramming, uh, taking tents and throwing them, like destroying the campgrounds. And so you, you definitely felt the energy uh, was not in a good place just from the jump on Sunday. Like there, there's no way to predict what it was going to be, but you knew people were fed up. Like. And, and you walk past the porta potties and the uh, the water stations, and like you see in the documentary, the water stations had been torn up by crabs as well. So yeah. it was just spraying water everywhere, which was mixing in with these overflowing porta potties to where it was forming lakes of shit and water. And, and we knew that our, our tent was next, pretty close to a row of porta potties. And we were getting dangerously close to the water sewage going into our tent. We called it Lake Shitty Kaka. Um, that's what we we named it. And we something we always talk about is that two girls wrestled in Lake Shitty Kaka for like had to been like an hour straight. And we were just like, man, they're just wrestling in feces. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's the most disgusting thing ever. Um, so when we first got there, you definitely had a community sense. Everybody was looking out for each other. But on Sunday, man, it was... It was every man for himself. Was, man, it was every man for himself because basically everybody was... Not not only was the site like a mess, but everybody's working on like three hours of sleep. You know, yeah. um, we took turns. Like one person would sleep one night, but we wouldn't sleep any other time. Um, that was due to the the illegal activity that was going around at Woodstock. Um, right. You just didn't, you didn't sleep at Woodstock. Um, and as, as soon as the sun came up, if you did get any shut eye, man, as soon as the you were you were baking by eight thirty a.m. So wow. we were working on no sleep, struggling to find water. The Air Force Base was basically all concrete because you know it was a freaking runway. Um, right. and there was no shade anywhere. So you were just, just struggling to survive. Um, Not bad. And so yeah, Sunday morning, you, you could definitely see that the tides were turning. And it, it looked like it was going to, and the, the forecast was it was supposed to storm on Sunday. So I think everybody was kind of mentally preparing for a mud fest. And luckily it didn't happen. But I, I just kind of think that kind of helped play into the carnage that was about to happen for the rest of Sunday. So this documentary also did kind of the same thing as the HBO documentary and really placed a lot of the blame on, on Fred Durst. Um, I will say this. I thought they did a better job. I yeah. thought they did a better job than HBO because I really think HBO made it like a full focus to put a blame on Fred Durst. I think they made the mention in the uh, the promoter, John Sure. Sure, yeah. 
you know, they hid his soundbite of Fred Durst was a jerk. Um, but the, the documentary in Ananda Lewis, I think is her name, uh, yeah. MTV VJ, who, by the way, still looks beautiful. Uh, beautiful. She, she did a really great job of laying out. This was what Fred Durst was hired to do, basically. He was yeah. put on the bill because of the way he is, the energy that Lent Biscuit creates, the music that they make. They were the biggest band on the bill at that particular time. It was a very short moment for the Limp Biscuit being the biggest band in the world. But at Woodstock 99, there is no doubt they were the biggest band. It was the biggest crowd I've ever seen for a band. And Fred Durst did what they put him on the bill to do. He put yeah. the crowd into a ruckus. Um, their Man, set was what... marred by sound issues. Like, it was awful because the, the crowd was tearing apart the uh, the sound thing in the middle. Of the, so, I mean, their, right. their, their volume was up and down. The mic, their, their mic was cutting in and out. So Fred, I think, I think, I don't know for sure, because we don't know. I think Fred had to do a lot of improvising to get the band through the set. And the crowd was just eating everything up. They were, yeah. this was the last insanity moment of the weekend before uh, the Chili Peppers fire happened. Um, Right. And people were pumped. I mean, you know, they, uh, I think Stephen Baldwin and Mini-Me were the, the host of the stage that day. Um, they, they kept telling us over and over how this was like the greatest day in music history on one particular stage. Ultimately, it wasn't. But, um, I mean, it was Metallica and Rage Against Machine and Limp Bizkit back to back to back. Uh, so for me, it was... But before that, you had a. Now I've talked. I talked about this. I tweeted about it. Um, it wasn't a heavy day. Uh, Wyclef was on stage. Alanis was on stage. Dave Matthews Band was on stage. I mean, it was a lot of chill sets uh, yeah. before Limp Bizkit took the stage. By the time Limp Bizkit took the stage, man, the crowd was just. They were just ready to rumble, and ready Fred to made it. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I mean. And- like we talked about, you know, the promoters, no accountability, even to this no. day, you know, obviously Michael Lang died, you know, a few months back or whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, no accountability even to this day, like, hey, maybe we should have done better. And there was none of that. They, they you know, washed their hands of it. We did all we could do. So yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, I, it's, it's hard for me to believe that 23 years later, they're still yeah. defending themselves. Yeah, and his comments regarding the rapes that happened—I mean, is inexcusable to still have that thought process. I mean, yeah. when we were there, I mean, we we thought it was awesome that there was no police presence and no security presence. Um, I, you know, I talk about it still. It's amazing that only three people died at Woodstock '99. But when you look at those crowd shots, especially, I don't know how people were not stampeded, like how there wasn't because. You know, nowadays with big festivals, they're, you know, engineers make the outside of that Travis Scott situation, right? Wow. But engineers make the stage situation to where you don't have that huge crush of fans no. in one spot. Um, it was, whew, I, I, I'm just stunned and completely happy that there were. I don't dozens. recall this documentary even talking about the three deaths. Not even any mention of it. They didn't. The HBO doc did a good job of talking about the the, the guy that died during the Metallica uh, set. That was a big focal point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they don't make any mention of the deaths. No. They barely really talked about the rapes. It was kind of an after, yeah. afterthought. Right? I mean, they definitely showed all the nudity. And yeah, it was nudity. I mean, that was the most naked people I've seen in my life. 
Um, and I will ever, it'll never happen again. I mean, I've never seen, seen so many naked people ever. And, uh, I was not one of the naked people. I can assure people of that. Um, well, I, I can also assure people thing. we did not, we didn't, we didn't get in the mob mentality either. Uh, we did not carnage. Uh, we did not set anything on fire. We, we were there to observe and report. And uh, I think 23 years later, I can still say I'm, I'm kind of proud of that because it's it's actually kind of surprising when you think about it. Because I guarantee you, a lot of these people are probably stunned that like they beat up ATM machines and just started destroying property and looting uh, whatever they could in sight. And thankfully, I yeah. can say that I did none of that. So I just watched. Just well, kudos to you for being a good, upstanding citizen. Yeah, and I will also, I would say, it's. I was surprised, and it's perhaps maybe the bands uh, didn't give permission to be used in the documentary. You know, they don't talk about the fact, they didn't talk about the fact that Rage Against the Machine and Metallica performed after Limp Bizkit. It yeah. kind of it just ended right there. Um, and I thought it would be interesting to state, you know, they turned down Rage Against the Machine's music as a way to try to calm the crowd down. I thought that would have been interesting to talk about but they didn't interview anybody from Rage and they didn't interview anybody from Metallica um, to, to talk about it. By the time Metallica got on, it was a completely different vibe um, at the stadium. And both Rage Against the Machine and Metallica had pretty much flawless sets. They were both great and the crowds were well-behaved. Um, That's what I was getting ready to ask. Just, so the crowd, the crowd had calmed down during that time. Yeah, the crowd had certainly chilled out. Um, and again, I, in my opinion, you, you, you can look out as far as you could during the Limp Bizkit set. There had to have been over 300,000 people there for the Limp Bizkit set. Um, and it was, you know, it definitely got more, more sparse after the Limp Bizkit set for mm-hmm. what I believe is one of the great, the two of the greatest live bands out there for Rage Against the Machine and Metallica. Well, in 99, Metallica obviously, I think, was still kind of feeling the effects of the load and the reload error. You know, yeah, people sure. people not really digging on that too much. You know, granted, not too long after that, same anger comes out. And, I mean, Metallica kind of had a rough stretch there. Um, yeah. Again, raised him against the machine, and they were still pretty popular in '99. But yeah, that was uh, that was right before. I think it was right before the Battle of Los Angeles came out. Yeah. So I don't think it had been released yet. Uh, because we saw them that December in New Orleans, which was one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, so, man, it was awesome. Um, you know, I, I thought they did a good job on Sunday, um, kind of talking about the thousands of people that were leaving. Um, that's something we, we certainly remember is, you know, waking up and seeing the line, the line of vehicles, like, ready to go out the door. Um, I, I guarantee you, they, they probably... No way to guesstimate, but I'd imagine like 30, 40% of the crowd left on Sunday wow. before any of the music was played. And so by the time the Chili Peppers got on, you know, it, you know, I talk about Limbiscuit having like 300,000 people there. It, it was probably 100,000 people for Chili Peppers, which is still massive, honestly. Which is still but, a huge, huge crowd, obviously, yeah. you know. It's just, but, and then obviously. It's just a different vibe on Sunday. Right. Okay. Well. It was a good documentary. Um, I don't know if I would want to see another one, unless they another one that was just focused on the music, like you said. The music, yeah, yeah. I um, mean, it was interesting. Uh, 
you know, we went to the raves each night. Um, and I do not, I have no memory of a van going through the Fat Boy Slim crowd. Okay. I feel like I would remember that. Um, but I have no memory of this. Huh. I just remember the car. I mean, this, the raves were crazy. Is it was kind of like being in an orgy without oh. taking part in the orgy. Like it was, they were, <laughs> you, were you were a, a, a cautious observer. Yeah. <laughs> you saw some things. It's possible. I was so distracted by the people that I just don't like the van going through the crowd, which is scary as shit to watch in the documentary. Right. Um, just, just some dude who's stoned out of his mind driving an ambulance through a crowd, and the, those hangers held, they, they probably held 30,000 people in wow. this freaking ambulance um, driven by a stone dude. Somehow it doesn't kill anybody. Again, another miracle. And of course, it, they, they talk about it. Uh, one of the guys went up and stopped the ambulance and tells this horrific story of, of him opening the door and seeing a young girl who Pass basically out. looks like she's with her clothes off and a dude uh, zipping up his pants. I mean, that's horrible um just stupid and you know well, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad yeah, you I just survived don't, it don't. um I, I i don't know how i could i can't even imagine being in something like that and not running for my life <laughs> so wait yeah, you wait, know, we, with we it yeah, we left the site at probably 2 a.m. I mean, it was a mistake, but we had seen enough uh, looting and fires. You know, we kind of, we watched people um, do like a war. There was a, a trailer, uh, a 53-foot drive-in, uh, a trailer that was, people were tipping over. It, we swore that it would tipped over on like multiple people and we watched multiple people die right then and there, but apparently that didn't happen. But we kind of made the decision after seeing that drive van uh, tip over on people that it was probably time to get out of there. Um, wow. So we didn't, we didn't spend the night Sunday night. We packed everything up. And by the way, you, you didn't park where you camped. You had to pack everything up and walk like two to three miles to your vehicle. And how we were able to find our vehicle, I don't recall that part at all. I mean, that's amazing. I found <laughs> we found our vehicle, but we got on the road like at two, three a.m. and it was a struggle bus to drive twenty-four hours back to Arkansas. Oh, I bet, I bet, man. And here we are complaining about a thirteen-hour drive next month. Yeah, and I'll tell you that the one of the funniest parts to me is that you know they were interviewing these couple of fans, these three guys that went, and this fourteen-year-old uh, girl that went. And they talk about all these horrific events, basically the entire train wreck of the Woodstock. But what do those people say at the very end of the documentary? They do it again. They don't regret it. Again, do it again. One of the best times in our life. And that that's where they kind of have to, somebody has to step in and be like, yeah, I mean, here's the horrific parts of the Woodstock. And for some people, their lives were changed forever. And it was awful. But for like 98% of the people, man, this was a time... Like, there's never going to be another festival like that because it's just not going to happen. It couldn't happen, especially yeah. with social media uh, being what it is today. Dude, it was ins- uh, it was unbelievable. It was great. And <coughs> so it, just, it just didn't make sense for them to do three parts of that. And then for the only attendees you talked to who were there, be like, yeah, let's go tomorrow. Yeah, let's go <laughs> let's, tomorrow. Let's, let's do it again. Let's, 
Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with them 100%. Right on. Speaking of Fred Durst, because we did talk about him a little bit, did you see that he got married? For the fourth time. For the fourth time. I didn't even know he was married one time. <laughs> you may be right. He doesn't. I, I don't know much about his personal life. I was no. stunned to find out he has a 32-year-old daughter. Wow. There, yeah, there, I was reading the article about his four previous marriages, and apparently with his first wife, they share a 32-year-old daughter. I guess you don't share a 32-year-old daughter. At this point, she's just an adult. She's an adult. An yeah. adult yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, but So he has a 32-year-old daughter and a 20-year-old son. I knew about the son. No recollection of the daughter or that he's been married three other times. So good right. luck to him. We still don't know what exactly his health concern was, but yeah. apparently he's healthy enough to get married. Or unless it was a, shit, I better get married so I can leave my money to somebody. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully that's but, the case. That's correct. But uh, best of luck to Fred and congratulations. Yeah, I don't like his chances with it being marriage number four, but you never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and also another band that played Woodstock 99, Metallica. Metallica is in the news quite a bit this week. Some good, some bad. Uh, what's the bad? What's the bad? Well, it seems that after their recent surge in popularity, thanks to Stranger Things, um, some of these newer fans or fans have decided to go back in the Wayback Machine and, and, and dig up some dirt on Metallica um, due to their their ways in the 80s. Um and their alcohol intake and some of the people saying that they had some anti-Semitic lyrics or some white supremacy type lyrics or anything like that. And they're trying to cancel Metallica. I have not seen this. Yeah. Um, I've seen it recently. It was on, uh, it started on TikTok. I didn't see it on TikTok. I just saw it in a news article. Um, it started out in TikTok people there's some tiktok videos out there of people bringing up this stuff that allegedly happened and you know i mean the fact of the matter is, is if you dig deep enough on anybody you're going to find a reason to cancel them or an attempt to cancel them look at snoop look at eminem look at nwa look at you look at me i'm sure there's none of us have None of us are, as they say, without sin. So, sure. fucking, it's in the past. Just let it fucking go. You know, they didn't kill anybody. Didn't rape your mother. Let it go. People change. I don't, I can't think of and any lyric. If they did kill somebody or raped your mother, it's in the past. It's like 40 years ago. <laughs> Good. Let it go. They haven't raped anybody or murdered anybody in a long time now. Rape is not a joke, everybody. It's not a joke. <laughs> Neither is murder. It's not a joke. Not a joke. That's correct. Not a joke. I mean, murder is okay, I think. Rape is not. If they deserved it. Murder? Yeah. I mean, who am I to decide if they deserve it or not? Right? Anyways. If Metallica deserved it. Stop digging. I trust Stop them. looking for reasons. Enjoy life. I think it's tough. It's tough to cancel Metallica. I mean, 
it's tough. To, it's tough. To, I mean, they, it's not like they've disappeared. They toured. Of course, they did go on like a eight year span of not touring America, but they were pretty prevalent in music and touring overseas during that point. Yeah, I, you're just. I mean, it's not going to work. Um, did Did we talk? Oh, we were about to go watch their Lollapalooza performance on our last show. By the way, it was awesome. Yeah. It was great. It's interesting. Um, now that Master Puppets is the song that it is, it's now their set closer. Yeah. In the big part of their set. Um, and um, the dude, I actually was expecting the dude to show up on stage that night. It wasn't until like afterwards that he was, they did a, a performance with each other. Yeah, jam session. Yeah, 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 where they jammed session, with Which them. I thought. I just thought it would have been cool if he would have came out on stage. He was on the big screen. So, you know, I don't think... Sandman, the third song of the set. Yeah, I don't think that the ego that is Metallica is going to allow somebody else to come on stage with them. Well, permanent. I mean, that, that could be the case. I mean, obviously he didn't. Either he was not invited or he turned down the invitation. One of the two. The only time I can ever think of Metallica performing with somebody else was like at the Grammys when they Chris Cornell. When did they perform with Chris Cornell tribute? Oh, they okay. performed with Miley Cyrus. Yep. I think they performed with Miley Cyrus on Howard Stern's show. Yep. And then Lady Gaga uh, at the Lady Grammys. Gaga at the Grammys. Yeah. Which was pretty strange. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the the bad reason why Metallica is in the news. Okay. What's the good reason? I, I think that will go. That will be done with. And I, I would think so. I don't think there's going to be any repercussions or any further talk about it. But what do you think about? Uh, did you hear about why why they're in the news for good reasons? No, no, you do I don't think so. Beer assistant, or well, actually, Coke assistant, Coca Cola assistant. Yeah, don't pretend you're drinking beer. <laughs> that never happens. Um, yeah. So, a, a, a report, a new report came out this week, came out August 2nd, um, about Metallica being, there's only five artists that have sold more tickets than Metallica in the last 40 years. Yeah, I love these stats, man. Full star stats are awesome. This was this was an awesome little article to read. You know, and, and how many tickets was that, by the way? What's that? How many tickets was that? Um, whopping total of nineteen million four hundred sixty-eight thousand one hundred seventy-three tickets. That's they were great. ranked number six. Um, the bands that are in front of them: U two, Dave Matthews yeah. Band. The Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, and Elton John. You know, out of those exclusive group. What's that? It's a pretty exclusive group. It is. Out of those artists, I would expect those artists to outsell Metallica. I'm surprised by Dave Matthews' band, but then after I sat down and thought about it, Dave Matthews' band, there's a lot of people that are fans of them. And. Well, that, they used to do like. They used to do like 150 dates a year, <laughs> like, but I mean they're a constant touring force yeah. in America. I mean it's basically every single summer, 50 plus dates. Yeah. So I mean uh, for Metallica, in the last 40 years, I mean you think about artists that have been around in 40 years. I mean that's huge. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Pearl Jam, I don't even think Pearl Jam's in the top ten. No, surely not. Surely not. Pearl Jam's taking way too many breaks to be in the top ten. Well, well I have this picture. Other so rock and metal artists featured in the top 50 of the charts include Bon Jovi, The Eagles, Guns N' Roses, ACDC, Aerosmith, Kiss, Def Leppard, Iron Maiden, Journey, Fish, Motley Crue, Rush. There's a full report. Actually, here we go. I found a full report. Let's let's go through the Dang. top ten. Rolling Stones, number Still. one. You too. Wait, that's not the right list. Why are they giving me that list? That's box office grosses. Here, I got it for you. You oh, two, number one. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I've, okay. I've talked a lot. You two, you you two, number one, twenty six million. Yep. Dave Matthews being number two, twenty three million. Rolling Stones number three, twenty two million. Bruce Springsteen twenty million. Elton John nineteen point seven million. Metallica nineteen point four million. Bon Jovi number seven is incredible as well. Um, seventeen point seven million. Billy Joel sixteen point nine million. Kenny Chesney, the boy. Uh, you know what's interesting? Garth Brooks is not on here. Right. He didn't provide with the updates. Uh, Kenny Chesney, number nine, 16.4 million. The freaking Grateful Dead. I have to imagine, these guys haven't toured in, what, almost 30 years at this point? Uh, 15.5 million, unless they're adding, adding all the, the Grateful Mayer Dead. Adding John Mayer and Dead fans. Or... I don't know if they are, because, I mean, John Mayer is dead in company. They're not the Grateful Dead. Yeah. I have to believe. And if you look at their gross, everybody, all of those other bands are a billion and above. Yeah. The Grateful Dead, $15.5 billion is $333 million. Yeah, to so me, that's not... really saying that it's like 1980 to 1994, whenever Jerry Garcia died. Right. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, number 11. That's incredible, right? Yeah. $15 million tickets sold. Who else? Let's look at some of these others. Aerosmith. Thirteen million. Uh, George Strait and Tim McGraw, they're eighteen and nineteen. Ed Sheeran, who's very recent, yeah, which is pretty incredible. Eleven point eight million. Garth is. Oh, is he on there? Eleven point one million. Okay. Uh, Def Leppard, number twenty. Or excuse me, ACDC, number twenty-two, eleven point five million. Def Leppard, twenty-three, eleven point three. Garth and the Eagles coming at twenty-four and twenty-five. The Warp Tour. Uh, had sold ten, uh, sold 10 million tickets. It's amazing. Uh, Paul McCartney at 10.4 million. Kiss at 9.8 million. Surprised Taylor Swift is a little lower on the list, but again, she's newer. Yeah. But uh, 9.5 million. Beyonce right behind her. Iron Maiden at 35 for 9.1. Roger Waters at 8.9. Motley Crue 8.7. Guns N' Roses 8.4. That's a lot. I mean, it's it's a it's a huge list, and I guess huge list. Van Halen, seven point four. Let's see some of these other people. Backstreet Boys edged out One Direction. Everybody, sixty to sixty-one, and there's Pearl Jam, number sixty-three. Uh, seven million fans across the last forty years. Red Hot Chili Peppers, sixty-six. Zach Brown Band. It's a pretty cool list. Ozzy Osbourne, number 80. The Scorpions, right ahead of the Foo Fighters, 5.864 to 5.815. Pink Floyd at 88, who haven't toured in since 93, right? Yeah. Uh, 5.6 million fans. Nickelback, 
Number 89. I'm, I'm actually surprised Nickelback is the higher up. Number 89 at 5.6 million. Well, you know who's not on the list? Who? Buck Cherry. <laughs> That's correct. Kid Rock at 104. Green Day at 105. Kid Rock. <clears throat> Tool all the way down at 109. 4.4 million. I grossed $269 million for Tool. That's incredible. Poison, 118. <laughs> Poison, by far the lowest. Well, Motley Crue's down there at 142 again. I saw them higher up somewhere. Uh, Poison, $3.9 million for $77 million. Ozfest, who hasn't been around since 2005, uh, 3.8 million fans. 311, 134. Hollow Notes. Matchbox 20, 144. Blink 182, 146 at 3.2 million. Lincoln Park at 149 for 3.2 million. Pretty cool list, man. Yeah, it is. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. It is. Well, I feel like I've dominated the whole news section. No, you did fine. I mean, those were the biggest things for us to talk about. Um, other news sections I will just throw out. A couple of tour dates came out, uh, which were Arkansas friendly, which I was happy to see. The Chicks announced a Texas tour. Um, I don't like it to be included in the Texas tour because obviously we live in Arkansas. Um, but they're they're headlining Austin City Limits and around the Austin City Limits dates. Uh, they're also playing at, here in Rogers at the Amp on October 2nd, a Sunday night, which is cool. It's Alabama weekend here in Fayetteville. Uh, so it'll be a popping weekend. Yeah. And if the Hogs can beat Alabama, that Chicks concert is going to be off the charts for the amount of hog calls that are called. Um, but they're playing. My brother Michael bought two tickets, did not invite me. You know, that's okay. That's wow. Okay. Didn't reach out. Nothing. Huh. Nothing. Brother. Just let me know. Yeah, just bought. It's like I bought tickets for the chicks. It's like, where at? Said the amp. I was like, oh, cool. And he bought two. He bought two tickets. I don't know who the second ticket's for. Maybe it's going to be for me later on. But it definitely was not intended. It's not intended for me that I know of because he did not mention it. Wow. To me, like, hey, I'm going to buy us two tickets to the chicks. It's fine. It's fine. It's It's fine. Don't worry about getting it yourself. I got it taken care it's of. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, highly suspect announced some more dates um, that also included Fayetteville to play JJ's Live. JJ's Live continues to kill it. Yeah. Uh, with the bands that are to 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 our town. Um, when are they playing that JJ's day? Live? Uh, it's middle middle October. I want to say October twenty fourth. It's somewhere in the oh, hey. It's the day uh, after my birthday. Hey, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that. So good to see uh, Highly Suspect came to George's. I want to say the year before we went and saw him in Kansas City. I kind of skipped out on that. Speaking of which, gone, that, but... that happened today, four years ago, when we saw them in Kansas City. What? Today, four years yep. ago? Highly Suspect and Radke. Wow. Well, congrats. Cheers. Happy anniversary. I drink on my drink, but cheers to Highly Suspect and me and you. And, and Courtney. I think your daughter went. Yeah. yeah. And that was a good time. A little bit too big of a venue for them, but it was cool. Yeah, and the sound was cool wasn't event. great. The sound wasn't great, but, you know, it's all right. 
Still fun. Speaking of highly suspect, she just released two new songs off mm-hmm. for the fight. Uh, we can basically listen to their whole album. Now. There's four songs out so far. It's too many. I broke my rules. Uh, I broke my rule. See, I'm holding strong because also Slipknot released a new single. Yeah. Uh, this week. Yeah, did you listen to that one? their third No, I'm holding strong. Holding strong. Huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, Highly Suspect released uh, two new songs off of there. Let's see. We have... Pull it up. I can't remember what the... Uh, one of them's called uh, New California. And the other one was called Ice Cold. This is in addition to Natural Born Killers and Pink Lullaby. Uh, Ice Cold was an interesting song. Um, a lot of there, there's a lot of electronic drum beats, synthesizer influence on this song. Um, it's still better than pretty much everything off of MCID. Yeah. New California, that's a good that's a good fucking song. Um, got a nice groove to it. It's almost a throwback to the Mister Asylum, you know, the boy who cried wolf days. So, so far, I, I, I'm liking all the songs off of, that I've heard so far. So this uh, automatically out of the four songs is better than MCID. Yeah, I was gonna say because I mean, there's not four songs that are good. There's not two songs that are good off of that one. So no, it's, that's a good start. So the new Slipknot song, you listened to that? <laughs> I did listen to that too. Um, what's it called? I yen yen. Damn it, yen. I knew it was three letters. Yeah, it's called. I went, I went let me, let me double check that. that, but I'm pretty sure it's called yen. That's not, that sounds right. That sounds right. Um. <laughs> this song's badass, dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it gave me kind of a kill pop vibe off of the gray chapter. You know that song? No. No. Okay. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, it's called Yen. Let's see if uh... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna play kill pop real quick. Like kill pop because I, I don't want to go. I'm gonna play kill cop, kill pop, kill pop. Kind of a slow burner. Hitting me with some deep cuts. And so, I really what like, was the other word? I really like this song, kill pop. Less work. Killed, uh, deep cups in what was the other term we used for greatest hits last week that were not like I said I was gonna make a double album yeah deep cuts, deep and, cuts and rarities no no it wasn't rarities something different that's okay I can't think of it my mind's blank ah it's gonna drive me nuts now but it's okay Hold on one second. While you're checking that So it's not a heavy song? Well, just wait till it pulls. Because Kill Pop is definitely not heavy. 
You gotta wait till the chorus. Okay. Let's ride the wave where it takes us. Yeah. But not in a highly suspect two bands that would be uh, louder than life. Why? Here we go. What? So while we're talking about this, uh, we'll let this play a little bit in the background if it's going to play. Kind of again, kind of the same thing, kind of a slow burner, you know, the lyrics. You're so relaxed for this episode though, right now. What's, just I'm just saying. chill, man. I'm, I'm in an alternate location. Chill. The uh, studio is, is going through some... I wouldn't call them upgrades. Um, renovations. Renovations. So I'm in uh, the confines of the sanctuary in my throne. So it's good. I'm chill. Can you hear that? Yep. Definitely sound like the start of a kill pop. Yeah. By the time it gets to the chorus, it's going to drop. So, yeah, that's kind of the same thing, kind of a slow burner. It really picks up during the chorus, and. Yep. I can't believe you're breaking the rules, though. Now you're making me break the rule involuntarily. Yeah, so I'll stop there because I don't want to. I don't want to be privy or part to you uh, breaking rules. Yeah. Breaking rules. So yeah, two two bands that uh, are playing on the Ladder in Life, like you said, have got new albums coming out that um, gives us some hope for 2022. Yeah. So yeah, what other news you got? Uh, another big show that was announced: uh, Dallas uh, happening Halloween weekend. The Misfits. Alice Cooper and the Distillers playing a show at uh, the Dosa Key Pavilion, I think is where it's at. Yeah. Um, outdoor show um, in late October. Kind of questionable, but uh, we'll take it. Um, something I'm you know, I'm going to flirt with. It's an interesting bill. I like the bill. Um, it's the closest the, the Misfits are coming to my area. They're a band I haven't seen. I think it would be cool. I've heard really good things about their shows um, so far. You know, they played Madison. They're playing big venues. They played Madison Square Garden. I think they played a Hollywood Bowl or the Forum out in L.A. They played the Arena in Philadelphia. Uh, they played Riot Fest, getting ready to play it for a second time here in September. I was kind of hoping that they were going to be uh, on the bill for a lot in life. They were on Aftershock last year, I think. I don't think they're playing this year. Last, last year, year, I believe. Um, so, you know. Uh, with Alice Cooper as one of the opening acts. Now, we're seeing Alice Cooper at Louder Than Life, so I, I'm not real intrigued to see Alice Cooper twice in the span of a month, but I don't know. It's on a Saturday night. Pretty cool. Pretty cool little bill. Nice. Well, other than that, man, it's it's been pretty quiet. I, I continue to wait for some 2023 tours to get us going, but it just hasn't happened yet. It's been really quiet on the 2023 front. And I'm, I'm just patiently waiting for some news to come out. Yeah. I mean, me too. I mean, uh, it's time to start 
making the plans for 2023 in my book. Um, yeah. Yeah. The only thing we really know is that Pantera is touring, yeah. but we don't know. We don't know where or anything or... like that. So <clears throat> we did kind of make a, uh, when we were talking about the, the Metallica set at Palooza, um, how it's been, it's been quite some time since I've seen Metallica. Um, I would really would like to take Kane to see Metallica because he, he's really, he loves Metallica. So, um, kind of made it a, a priority in 2023 if they're touring to go see them. So, yeah, and hopefully they, hopefully they are. They seem to be a stadium only band or a major festival only band at this point, and we'll see if that changes in 2023 or not. But I think they're playing. It's either last. I think it's this coming weekend. I think they're playing their two stadium shows of the summer. Um, Pittsburgh and Buffalo, I believe, were the two dates with Greta Van Fleet on the bill as well. Um, and that's that's really it. I think that's the end of their... They may be going over to Europe if they haven't already. I think they already have. Well, they were in Rockwood in July, so I don't know. Yeah, so I think they already did those. So I think these, these are their last shows of the year. Uh, when they announced these two stadium shows, they said it's the only chance outside festivals to see uh, Metallica in America. And I wonder if that was going to change with Master of Puppets getting the Stranger Things. But so far, we haven't seen Try anything Trying to capitalize different. on that. Yeah. Buffalo's on the 11th, which is in two days. Pittsburgh's on the 14th. And, yeah, that's it. That's that's all I have right now. Well, hopefully it, it can happen. So, Ask the hopes. Fingers crossed. I would love to see them again. Yeah. I wish I would have gone last November when they were in Dallas on that boxing bill. They ended up playing like 16 song set. Should have gone to that when I had the chance, but I didn't. So right. here we go. 2023. Here we go. 2023. Let's make plans. Let's All it. right. Well then that brings us to some album reviews. Album reviews. Now did album you, reviews. did you listen to those albums? I did. I forgot about them for a full week, but luckily we had a delay and I did listen to them over the last 48 hours. Yes. Um, which one do you want to tackle first? Let's start with Whiskey Myers yes. of Tornillo. Yeah, Torn Tornillo, Tornillo, Tornillo. I don't know. This would be. I know in Mexico you would roll the two L's. Guillermo Tornillo. I don't know if I don't know if this is a Spanish word or an American word. This is their fifth studio album. Um. I'm coming to the, the Whiskey Myers game late. Um, you had always said, you know, you should check them out. You, you know, this is definitely a band that I think that you would like. And uh, I wish I would have listened to you sooner. Because there's been yes. plenty of opportunities to see these guys around my area over the last couple of years. And... Sure. I have uh, I've skipped on it, and I am now kicking myself in the ass rather hard um, mm -hmm. because I, I love this album. I love this yeah. band. Um, they're listed as a country band, but, you know, honestly, I think they're more a southern rock band. You know? Absolutely. I think that if uh, there was a, a good representation of what Skinner should be in 2022 <laughs> instead of what we got... It would be this band. Um, there's good. I mean, every there's really. 
I mean, we're talking about a 12-song album, 52 minutes, which is one of the longer ones we've seen this year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to. Lo- I'm looking at the the track listing, and I'm trying to remember if there was really anything on here that I didn't like. And I'm not. I'm not really finding anything. What were some of the songs on here that stood out the best for you? Um, I enjoyed the the first song off the album, John Wayne. Yes. Uh, there's like what trombones and trumpets, yeah. and there's a whole lot of instruments going on in that song. It's freaking comes out firing. I dug that. Um, I thought Feats uh, was a good, good, good song uh, for the kids. Is the ballad of the song, yep. um, and that's where you really you really know here that I mean this is a southern rock ballad. It's not a country ballad. Yep. It's a southern rock ballad, but it's a really good song. Um, the Wolf is really good. Other side's good. Um, it's a strong album, and they do kick ass live. Um, they toured with Shinedown and Hellstorm back in the day. That's the first time I ever heard of them. Uh, they played at the Amp. Uh, they played at the Amp two months ago, and they sold it out. Um, but I, the, I, the first time I really got to see them uh, uh, do a headlining show it was at JJ's Live when it was called the JBGB. They gave away. They did free shows, and they were amazing, man. Their guitarist fucking destroys in concert. He is an amazing guitarist. They kicked ass. Um, they're playing Little Rock. Uh, they're playing Joplin, Missouri here at the end of uh, August with the Black Crows, uh, which is a show I'm really, you know, I'm just trying to stay in my budget of 17 or 15, but man, there's a lot of good shows coming up. The Black Crows and Whiskey Myers would be a great one. Yeah, well. Uh, they're playing Girl. They're not in your neck of the woods, but they do host a three-day festival outside of Kansas City every September that they're doing again with Black Crows Smoke and some other bands. Uh, this album kicks, man. It's I've, I've listened to it three times now. It's really yeah. good. Uh, they I think they evolve and they grow and they get better with each and every single album. They're they're a band that yeah you know they don't make, the first album isn't their greatest you know the one that kicks ass and then everything else is a struggle after that. They're a band that's finding themselves on that first album and then each album after that is is making them grow um, as a band that. It's, it's, a, it's a great album. 52 Minutes, I loved it. Yeah, I good, mean, uh, Antioch good. was one of the songs on there that I really liked. Um, I really liked the harmonica and then having the fucking organ in there. I mean, it was, I mean, if, if you want to hear 70s Southern rock, you got to have a fucking harmonica and an organ as well with some, with yeah, some kick-ass fucking guitar yeah, loops. They, yeah, they don't, mess, they don't mess around with the instruments on this album. And the, the singer's a great singer. I think... I'm trying to remember. I think they harmonize a lot in concert, if I recall correctly. Uh, so it's just not the singer. I could be wrong. I think so there's multiple. Kind of... There's multiple singers because I'm noticing different voices. You know, actually, you mm-hmm. know, lead singing, lead singers on different songs. So I mean, that's that's pretty cool as well. Um, and and the thing <laughs> is, that, uh, there's a story. There's a story in each song. You know, it's just not about you know. Oh, I love you, and it's not and it's not country music. It's not about your pickup. It's not about your dog. It's not about drinking beer. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice a lot of cliches. Huh. I did notice one song where they did mention the Dairy Queen. Ah, but uh, other than that, I must have, they, I must have uh, missed that uh, one. It was it wasn't as cliche driven as the Luke Combs album we right. listened to a couple weeks ago. But and, you know that's what I liked about it. You know, as you know, especially like the John Wayne, the John Wayne one. You know, was about a soldier. You know, is that the one? Yeah, that was the one about killing his dad. 
Mama Don't Cry, Now That Daddy's Gone. There's the talk of abuse. I gotta find the lyrics now. Now this is yeah. I, that's the one I was thinking of. I didn't pay attention to the stories at, the, at this point. So early in the whiskey man's career. No, nope, that's not that one. Or listen to. No, nope, that's not that one. What is it? Antioch. Yep, Antioch. So he goes on to talk about, you know, the dad beating the mom and everything like that. And then this guy getting in trouble when he was 16 and then going to the army and then coming back from the army and then killing his dad and, and mama don't cry no more. So cool story. Yeah. You know, um, I like, I love a song that tells a story and we just don't get a whole lot of that anymore in today's music. So kudos to Whiskey Myers. Check them out. Sure. Absolutely. I agree. So the next one on the list is, Definitely do it. is, is Stabbing Westward. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of this album? Chasing Ghosts is the name of the album. What did you think of this? Um, I also enjoyed this. Um, so I thought we were two for two this week. I was... But one thing I would say about this one, Chasing Ghosts, I think the lead singer sounds excellent throughout this entire album. Um, and I was pretty surprised by that because, you know, their heyday was in 1996. So we're looking 26 years later, but I thought his voice sounded strong throughout the entire album. I thought there was multiple good songs. I, I liked Cold. I liked Wasteland. I thought Control Z was a good song. Um, Dead and Gone. Um, 10 songs, 51 minutes. You know, I think it's a pretty kick-ass album for a band who really hasn't been real prolific in the studio. I think they've broken up multiple times. I don't even know what the last album before this one 2001. was. I know a couple singer groups. 2001 self-titled. So, 20 years. That's crazy. I mean, this is a good return album that, I mean, it's not getting any attention. No. So no. I'm looking at, I, I Am Nothing has been uh, listened to 394,000 times on Spotify, which is nothing. Um, Save Yourself is their biggest song at 19 million plays. So whatever that math is, it's probably like less than 1% of 19 million, I'm, yeah. I'm going to guess. I don't know math. I didn't think there's going to be math in this conversation. But I do think it's a strong album. I do think it's worthy of a listen. I, yeah. I listened to it several times at work today um, and going into work. I like it. I think it's I think it's a solid, solid rock album for Stabbing Westwood in 2022. I mean, yeah, it's not bad. Um I don't love it. You know, it's one of those things, again, is where it's not really my style, I guess. My, what I what I really listen to. I think of these guys as kind of as, uh, if Nine Inch Nails was a pop album, a pop group. You know, I mean, the industrial, electronic, I mean, it's just, it's never really been my something I really spent a lot of time listening to. 
but you know, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I didn't I listened to the whole thing, so I mean that's a plus for me because usually if I get about four or five songs into it, it's not my thing. That's a good start to an album yeah. right there. I mean, I am nothing. I yeah, am that's, nothing. that's easily the best song on the album. Again, that the voice sounds good. I mean, yeah, I, I imagine he's, good on this as he did on, you know, Save Yourself from 20, 24, 26 years ago. Darkest Day, yeah. I think that was on. Yeah, Save Yourself, that was our last big hit, and that came out in 1998. So, a band that, you know, has put out four albums in... in 28 years um, with their the one yeah so 1994 1996 1998 2001 and then obviously you know a 21 year break in there but yeah man rather back and disappointed that he has and they can't tour off of it it's disappointing he what I'm disappointed he has cancer and he can't tour oh, off that's of right. it that's right wasn't it throat throat cancer or something like that Pro cancer. They're done for the year, at least. We'll see if he's able to recover and, and get back on it for next year. We'll see. Well, hopefully that's that's the case that that will uh, that will happen. I mean, throw him on a bill. Throw him on a festival. I wouldn't mind seeing him play. You know, play. A- yeah, I, I thought I thought we'd see him on some festival. I think when we discussed last year going into Rucklum, I was I was hoping Stephen Westward was going to be on the bill. Um, and they weren't, um, and I was, I was surprised with the new album this year, with them doing tours, before all this news happened, that they weren't on zero. I, I've seen them on zero festival bills, which is pretty strange yeah. in my mind. So, I don't know what's out there for new albums. Um well, Trey informed me that we have a new Collective Soul album coming out on Friday. Oh, on Friday. Okay. Yeah. He would know that. He is our resident Collective Soul expert. He is. That is correct. So then he is going to provide us with a a review of this album as well then, right? I think that's what he's going to do. We have a new Soulfly album out. I don't know if we need to listen to that or not. Yeah. Never been a huge Soulfly. I love their first album, but it's been rough ever since yeah. then. Um, when did that come out? New yeah, dance, uh, dance, Gavin dance album. Oh yeah, we should listen to that, shouldn't we? Top ten on Louder Than Life. They're not playing Louder Than Life, I thought. No, they are. They just don't have the same singer, and their guitarist is not in the band anymore. Oh, okay. Um. So then we have that. They're going through some band term. He died. He died is what I should say. It's, it's, not that the guitar just isn't in the band. He passed That's it. That's right. Uh, so they're going through some band turmoil, but they're still on the bill. I'm looking at here. Ice Nine Kills. Oh, that's a single. 
Not a lot out there, man. It's it's still very bleak. That's what I like about uh, Apple Music is it shows me all the new releases. Tesla? No, it's a single. And we got Collective Soul and... And Dance Gavin Dance. I guess we can... Yeah, let's just do those okay. two. <laughs> continue, continue to wait for something to come out. Oh, Five Finger Death Punch comes out next week. I wonder how many covers are on that album. <laughs> I think one. At least... Other than that, let's see. I should mention, I just saw the band Thunder Mother. Uh, Whitesnake uh, announced that they are no longer joining Scorpions on their North American tour, which I think is a pretty big hit to the Scorpions Arena Tour. I thought the Arena Tour is a little bit too big for the both of them off, the, off it was, but at least it was like his co-headlining thing. Now you take Whitesnake off, and Scorpions are just trying to fill arenas yeah. with a band called Thunder Mother as the opening act. I don't know how that's going to work out at all. It seems to me that they should definitely, um, what's the word for, um, downsize, down. uh, downside. They should definitely downsize. What's the uh, word for the going down? <laughs> Blow job. Yeah. Not sexual. Yeah. Not sexual <laughs> at all there. <laughs> they should definitely blow some blow job. Their, uh, venue sizes. <laughs> Because it's about to blow up in their face. Uh, hey, now. Hey, hey, now. Hey, hey, now. So, we don't. So, Dance Gavin Dance. Dance Gavin Dance and Soul. Uh, soul. No. Collective Soul. Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum. There you go. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Let's do it. Indeed, indeed. We do not have, uh, again, for the second week in a row, no five minutes of hip hop with Doug. Um, he says that, uh, he was given no notice. Um, sounds like excuses. He was given uh, How much of a notice does he need? He knows he has to prepare for five minutes of hip hop. Well, I think now is probably the matter is being referred to HR and, um, we talked about it last week. This is two weeks of no shows in a row. He's been working for two weeks. Put it together. We have an issue here. <laughs> the man needs to quit his job. Right. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty obvious to me. Did you? Did you? Did you win the lottery? Unfortunately, no. We did not win. Me either. You did not win no. either. No. Where was the person won? Illinois? Is I think right? so. One winner. Uh, the take home was $444 million. Yeah. After taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I think it was around there. Well. Disappointing. Look, I'm okay with winning $20 million. I will win the small yeah. jackpot. Oh, I yeah. Have to. I'll, make, I'll make it last. Yeah, I'll make it happen. Right on. Well, and on that note, folks, we really don't so, have anything else to talk about. Problem. Do you? Nope, we don't. We're done. We're done. 
we're done. All right. Well, then until so next week, concert, you know, we'll bring you the new reviews. Uh, probably a what is today? Today's Tuesday. Yeah. I'm trying to think, we'll have another. Yeah, we'll see. Some album reviews. Hopefully, the return of Five Minutes of Hip Hop with uh, with Doug. If uh, he cares to join us, maybe he just doesn't like us no, anymore. Okay. No, he still likes us. Just, you know. Maybe he doesn't like his working conditions. Just focused on work, I guess. All right, well, folks. Until then, have a weekend. Bye. Enjoy your week. So long.